Someone asked me, how do we take everyone along in a transition towards a more sustainable future? Also the ones with a little wallet. It made me think of Valerie. She rents a small apartment in Amsterdam and her house is poorly isolated, which means it's very hot in the summer and extremely cold in the winter. She can't afford to spend enormous amounts of money on her energy bills. And there are months where she must choose between paying her energy bill, the rent or her health insurance. She's not on her own. There are many people who live in rented, poorly maintained houses, which can be very uncomfortable. Others own a house but cannot afford to invest in expensive energy efficiency measures or uh, installing, uh, for example, solar panels. So how can we bring them along and avoid that they end up in horrible circumstances? In this podcast, I will share three different initiatives that help to improve the living conditions of people with low income. I will also reflect on how you can use the unique capabilities of your organization to take these people on board. So you can create a win-win-win situation in which the entire ecosystem can actually benefit. When we are watching the news or reading the newspapers, we can really become depressed because we are facing an existential crisis of climate change and biodiversity loss. But we can do something to slow down these effects and to turn the tides. In this podcast, we will learn from fellow change makers, people who are changing the world, who are pioneering and brave to make things happen. Today, I will share three initiatives that improve the circumstances of individual households, communities, and society in general. The first one relates to a comfortable home for everyone. There are different initiatives to help people with low income. The first one is subsidies. For example, in the Netherlands, people can apply for an energietoeslag, an energy add-on of 1300 euros uh, for 2022. Plus, if people do not have enough savings to make their house more sustainable, a rent-free loan is available. Although I question whether increasing the amount of debt of low-income households might be the best solution. I wonder. I live in Bussum, it's municipality Gooisemere, and the share of poorly isolated houses in this municipality is amongst the worst in the Netherlands. They actually rank number four. Here, the energy corporation Wat Nu Gooisemere is helping people with low incomes and high energy costs to lower their energy bills. They have energy buddies and energy handymen. And their energy buddies, they assess the situation at hand and share tips and tricks with residents and they teach them what they can do themselves to improve their situation. For example, through smart energy behaviors. The energy buddy, on the other hand, is offering a helping hand to improve the isolation of the house. And results show that education and small interventions can already help a lot. But in case a house is really extremely poorly isolated, they also urge the respective house corporation or the landlord to come into action. And Watnu also offers energy coaches to help medium and high income households. They closely uh, collaborate with the local municipality. 
The second initiative I wanted to share is about healthy and safe neighborhoods. So people with low incomes are more likely to live in areas that are full of concrete, with hardly any nature and often in dangerous places. On their own, the residents have limited power to change their circumstances, but together they can. For example, in Bospolder Tussendijke. This is a densely populated pre-war Rotterdam city district on approximately one square kilometer. About 80% of the population is what they call New Dutch, and almost 70% has a non-Western background. And there are many social rental homes. The Bospolderplein is located in this district. It's a very large and stone square. And the square faces many social and climate challenges. For example, in the summer, the square is extremely hot. Well, there is even a retirement home next to the square. So imagine how the old persons must feel in uh, in the summer. Now, the neighborhoods have started an initiative to turn Bospolderplein into a green and social place for young and old. They team up with the Rotterdam municipality, the province of South Holland, businesses, knowledge institutions and other parties. And the collaboration is called Green Circles. I'm also participating in this Green Circle, and together we aim to accelerate green and healthy cities. Recently, we have done an MKBA. In Dutch, this is called Maatschappelijke Kostenbaatanalyse. In English, it's a social cost benefit analysis. It's to calculate the financial, ecological, and social values of the green and social interventions they aim for. So what we did is we translated these values into euros and we also identified who benefit most from these interventions. So, for example, a green square reduces the water treatment costs, which is good for the parties that are involved with cleaning uh, the water, so the water treatment company. It also allows for CO2 storage, cleaner air and biodiversity, which is for the benefit of the municipality. It increases the quality of life and social cohesion, which is good for the neighborhood. And it increases real estate value, good for corporations and their money, more values. So insights into the value of green and social interventions helps to get the right coalition partners on the board and to get access to financing, which is actually crucial to make these interventions possible. So when neighborhoods unite and organizations step in to help, they create an opportunity to turn complete neighborhoods into flourishing, healthy and attractive areas. The third initiative relates to sustainable and affordable transportation. Because transportation possibilities, what kind of possibilities do people with low incomes have? They can walk, they run, can run or cycle. These are very inexpensive and healthy ways to move between locations. But shouldn't people, these people also have access to other modes of transport? And trying to substitute all conventional cars into a Tesla is simply impossible. First, it's way too expensive. And second, it requires too many resources from the earth. Plus, car tires are amongst the biggest plastic polluters on Earth, really causing a lot of microplastics. So this is not what we want as a society. The only way forward is uplifting public transportation by using clean technologies and actually making it affordable for all. 
So last summer, Deutsche Bahn, the real company in, in Germany, they introduced nine euro tickets by which travelers acquired one month of in unlimited travel on the regional train networks, trams and buses in Germany. This initiative lasted for three months and 52 million people traveled in this period. And normally 20% of these people never do not use public transport. And with this action, Deutsche Bahn saved 1.8 million tons of CO2 emissions. Last January, Deutsche Bahn reintroduced the same ticket for 49 euros a month. And although they might still encounter challenges to uplift their public transport, I think these are the ways to change our world for the better. The example I shared with you serves as an inspiration, a different perspective to look at existing practices. So when building your own future-proof organization, you will also face many challenges. One is how do you stay in sync with all the players of your system? There might be so many players that people with low incomes or minorities are easily overlooked or neglected. They become out of your scope. While it's not easy to take everyone into account, taking a step back every now and then by expanding your horizon may yield really big advantages. So what can you do to guide more people into a future-proof world? I think the first step is to sit down and take some time to answer this fundamental question. Check in with your internal and external stakeholders. What do they find important? Add people who do not have a direct link with your business operation. Think of researchers, academia, uh, the community surrounding your company, industry thought leaders, policymakers, or NGOs. They usually have refreshing out-of-the-box ideas that you would have never thought of yourself. So your aim is to make the biggest impact possible. Therefore, match these ideas with your unique capabilities of your businesses. And voila, new dreams are born. If this is all too vague for you, then start small. For example, check whether your inner and outer office spaces are healthy and green places. Places that are attractive and accessible for everyone. For business people, your surrounded, surrounding communities and nature. And also question yourself, do you focus on social and environmental projects that are related to your core business capabilities? Like Deutsche Bahn is doing with their 9 euro tickets. Or what nu with their energy buddies and handyman. Or are you more attracted by the idea of joining a green circle type of collaboration. Now, if you find it difficult to determine what your role is to play in the grand scheme of things and you would like to discuss opportunities, then please send me a message through LinkedIn or have a look at innivity.nl for more inspirational articles and podcasts. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you feel this was interesting to you, then please review this podcast by giving it a five-star rating and share it with your network so even more people can become inspired. By following this podcast, you can stay tuned for more inspiring episodes. Thank you.